the flower isn't going to bloom as much as you want it to. There's like, you, you cannot, sometimes there are things you just cannot make them happen quicker hmm. and be okay with that, you know, and, and sort of ask yourself, all right, well then if this thing is not yet in season, what am I in the season of right now? And what, how much can I, can I get myself involved in that process? Hmm. Right. What, what does that look like? What does that mean? Um, to, and next thing you know, suddenly you have the well is full and then now the season has, has arrived and it's spring and it's just like, whoa, this idea is ready. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Where did my inspiration go? That is the title of this episode. And I actually don't know where it went, <laughs> which is uh, part of the reason why this is going to be fun and exciting and interesting for me, because uh, I think we're going to get into that and kind of maybe uh, figure some stuff out. Sometimes we come into these episodes and I feel like I know a little bit more about what we're going to get into and the answer maybe. And I'm kind of like, let's figure our way there and then expand upon it. Whereas with this one, it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of have an idea, but I also really feel like this is totally a discovery episode for me. And that's, that's cool. So I don't know what, what do you have to say there, Evan? Yeah, no, I think what you're saying, uh, for me actually says like, yeah, that's, that's like almost a perfect introduction to this topic. Sometimes you just have a little something, you know, sometimes you don't always have a, have something really well figured out and that's totally fine. Sometimes it's just like the, the sliver of, of something and you just, you just, pick that direction and you start going, going and you figure it out. You start to, to see something and, and, uh, that's a terrific way to actually get inspired <laughs> is yeah, to just totally. pick a direction and go and, and you just stay open. You know, I think that that's one of the things that's, that makes it inspiring is because when you have that, when you're coming at something from that place of, picking a direction and going is that you're you're often so much more open than you normally are because mm -hmm. you don't know what it is necessarily that you're looking for you're just looking you know you're just in a space of looking and being open to receiving whatever might might come your way so i think it's uh i think it's fascinating how you chose to to introduce this one brandon because i think it's it's perfect in so many ways that's cool yeah. I mean, part of it started with, uh, there's, there's about three stories right now that are percolating in my mind. And one of them most likely will end up being my next screenplay. And there's one of them, like one of them is a drama and it's kind of a bit of a coming of age story, I suppose. And I think it's really good for our times. It kind of says something, I think that's really relevant for a lot of people. I think it's a very good, like modern coming of age story. And it's been percolating like probably for a few weeks or a month. Right. And there's been like, you know, little bits, little bits. And then I'm like, Hey, the other day I'm like, Hey, let's sit down. Let's write this out. Let's put it together. Let's do the log line. Let's kind of structure it out, figure out some moments. 
<laughs> I wrote like, I'm like, I can't even think of a title. <laughs> I started, I'm like, I can't even think of a proper title to title this thing. I can't, I like, I'm having trouble even figuring out a character name for these people, um, character names. And then I just like, I was like trying to write the idea down and actually put it on paper, so to speak, metaphorically, because I write on a typewriter, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to put it down. And then I just, I couldn't get much down. And I'm like, and I didn't actually say, where did my inspiration go? But it's kind of like perfect for this conversation. Cause I was like, man, I have nothing in the well. Like there's no, there's nothing here. And I'm like, it's not like I don't kind of have some ideas of where to take the story, but I just did not have the energy gusto the in like, it just was not there. And so, um, you know, this morning I woke up again and I, I wasn't necessarily working on the, uh, on that project, but I was working on something else that required a little inspiration and it's like tapped. Like there's just nothing there. I'm like, you turn the tap for the water to come out and nothing comes out and you're like, what the hell's going on? And so I kind of came to this recognition that I'm like, okay, you got to like refill your well, you got to, you're going to have to go and you're going to have to, something needs input, not output right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a lot for me. What spurred on this conversation is just like, okay, yeah. Like I haven't actually done enough recently, obviously to fill the well up. It's, um, and I heard Natalie Portman say something actually, uh, um, she said, uh, Malik, Terrence Malik, I think it was told her that you don't pull your art from other art. You need to pull it from life because otherwise if you pull it from art, it's just a copy of what you've seen. And, you know, I think like I heard that this afternoon and it kind of reminded me, it's like, yes, it's like, I need to go back to the source, my life. I need to go back to people. I need to go back to my inspirations that are outside of movies and things like that, that I've probably just been relying entirely on consuming other creative content. And I'm not actually filling my own well of creative expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, that's an interesting subject because I think that it's like most things, it's, it's a pretty, that's kind of a nuanced one. But, uh, I remember my, one of my acting teachers, Larry, he used to say to us, acting doesn't feel your acting life fuels your acting. Uh, and I was just like, why didn't somebody ever tell me that a long, long time ago? <laughs> that, that <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you can definitely be inspired uh, through seeing someone else's work, but you can't then just necessarily, all right, well, I'm just going to, uh, to take, you know, your performance because that, that starts to show up, you know, like you start to see, it's like, oh, they're just copying what that person did in that movie or what that person did in the, in this thing. And, and, uh, it, it doesn't come from a, truly creative place in many ways like you can it can sometimes color and flavor something but uh, i think that that almost has to be something inadvertent but that's almost a, a side topic but anyhow it's interesting what you're saying because it's like yeah it's like you know you do get inspir inspired by other people's art it's it's and you should be inspired by other people's art but the way in which we take that inspiration, right? How does that actually process within ourselves internally? So instead of copying, it ignites something in us to bring something of ourselves forward. 
you know, more fully, more boldly uh, than than perhaps we have in the past. That that gives us the courage to, you know, go a little bit deeper sometimes mm. and and see what we can find, see what we can pull out of ourselves. I think that that's the best way in which being inspired by other people's um, stuff. But you know, and at the same time. As we were launching into this subject, I was thinking about that challenge that I gave myself at the start of the uh, of the year, the 30, 30 songs in 30 days. And I did it. I did. I wrote 30 songs in 30 days. And congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Well, I think this is probably I, I mentioned it and, I, and you've probably congratulated me before, but sure, I'll take congratulations it. Congratulations I'll take it. I won't shut. <laughs> I won't. Sh- I won't shut shut down your your. Your uh, your nice comments, my direction, but it was a challenge, particularly towards the end, because there were days where I did not feel particularly inspired to do it, and and it still required sitting down with my guitar and trying to find something to spark something, and there would always be something that would come out eventually and not all of it was as good as other things. But one of the things that I learned was actually taking other people's songs. That was a way in which I found inspiration on some days where I was like, I don't really have an idea for a theme or a subject matter or anything like that today. Like I would on some days, I would I would have that. It's like, oh, I want to write something like this. Other days it would be, maybe I heard a song on Spotify or something like that. And, and I was like, oh, I love this song. And I would go and take a look at, okay, well, how was this song constructed? Like what was the, what's the chord progression to this? What's the, the melody and, and, how does that all kind of go? And I would, and I would start from that point, but I would ultimately end up changing it. You know, sometimes I'd be like, okay, you know what? I kind of want to change the chord structure. So instead of going from G to C, it goes from G to A minor. And I like that, how that works. And, and the way that I would strum it or finger pick it would be different from the song. And then of course I would write completely different, words to it but there's something about just having kind of a place of inspiration of like I love this song because the song that song evokes something out of me and in a way you get to still explore what that thing it's actually evoking from you you know what I mean because sometimes like the song itself is terrific and and it speaks to what the words are and that sort of thing but sometimes you can find hmm. you can find something else that it's evoking you that in in you that isn't in the song itself that you were that you were borrowing from right and uh you know i've heard uh, who was um we had our our rock and our, our rocker friend I can't remember his name now. We had him on the podcast a little while ago. Um, from oh uh, yeah, um, it's totally escaping me right now, Brandon. You got to help me out. <laughs> I'm blanking. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up his name right now. 
because I'm, I'm blanking too. That's yeah. funny how that happens, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, uh, he, he shared a lot of great insights into Sean Meehan. Sean Meehan. That's right. Yeah. Sean Meehan. And, uh, he shared a lot of great insights into the whole, uh, musical process and creating and, and all of that stuff. But yeah. On. And, and one of the things that he said, which I've heard other musicians say this as well, is they say steal. You know, like, and you go, what? Steal. But what that really means is just like, yeah, no, like you, like, like steal, like as in take things that inspire you that you go, oh, wow. Like that sparks something in you from, from someone else. But the spark is not, is, is kind of its own living entity, you know, as opposed to just taking what they're doing and just trying to pass it off as your own necessarily right it's like it's the spark and 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 so many people have have done this I, I know i've been talking a little bit uh and i'll and i'll throw it back to you but one of my well my favorite band of all time as anyone who knows me uh is led zeppelin it's just for me every time i come back to zeppelin i'm like there's just nothing better than this um but their drummer john bonham who is just one of the great great drummers of all time and he has this like there's a an actual sort of like drum like beat rhythm that is actually called Bonham triplets because it's because <laughs> he became known for doing these particular things but he swore to god that he got it from this other guy who I can't remember who was a terrific drummer in his own right and he was just and one one day these two guys Matt John Bonham and this other guy and he, and the other guy was asking him hey where did you get the idea to do to do that and he was just like he's like I did I, he's like I took that from you right he's like no you didn't right because he heard it in a certain way and yeah. and it actually came out differently he's like no this is what I'm doing and he's like oh interesting so like the, it was it was a different thing right but um it it was like a, a spark of something that, that ended up creating something iconic. So it's, it's interesting how that stuff can, can kind of play out. It makes me think that maybe the spark that we think we're working from is more, I don't know what, like, I don't know the right way to put it, but it's like, it's more of a seedling than a, than an actual like plant. Like it's, it's not as worked out as you think. I mean, I was thinking as you were talking, I don't know music, that well i mean i kind of you know as an observer i don't play it very well but um or have too much knowledge about it but i do know a lot of musicians and a lot of my friends are musicians but like i was thinking about like a chord right and it's like imagine for every song if you use the same chord as someone else you were stealing from them right so it's like but then okay well if you use these two chords together now you're stealing. like at what point of, of these things strung together becomes copying and what part of it just becomes a seed, right? That, that births a whole new thing. And I'm sure there's a certain, someone could probably figure it out. There's a certain amount of like, hey, if you copy this much, it's like literally copying. But mm-hmm. if you kind of uh, go away at this point, you're actually kind of into original territory. And, you know, I'm sure music is probably the same way, but I know with movies, a lot of movies is we want the same, but different. That's a really important part of the actual uh, movie making process 
is you want a little bit of the same, but you want a little bit different. And it's like the, the right mix makes it, makes it just right. And mm -hmm. the wrong mix makes it just off because if it's too different, it's weird. And it doesn't, it doesn't align with something that we're trying to capture when we tell a story or, or whatever, or have this type of experience. But if it's too the same, then it's just like, well, I've already seen this. I've already had this experience before. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of times I've heard writing, uh, you know, teachers and people suggest, okay, well, like, why don't you take this idea, but then do it differently? Like what, what could you do with this idea and make it go a different way than it went in this particular case? And, it really doesn't take much, but I think you have to kind of like, there's a certain amount of like, I don't know, inner honesty, I suppose, with yourself where you have to kind of go like, okay, like this is where I'm, this gave me the base and now I'm finding my way with it. Like I'm using that to start and now it's letting me move forward. Like even when I was creating the idea the other day, this is the last thing I'll say about all this. Uh, one of the techniques that I learned early on it's like a pitch technique when you're pitching an idea and it's way overused, but it's actually kind of good for conceiving a movie is you basically take two or three movies and you go, it's a little like this and a little like that. And if you put those two together, you kind of have a little bit of what I'm trying to do. And I actually do find that tool to be kind of useful because for me, when I'm creating the idea, I kind of like have these reference points that help me just kind of go like, okay, like what did they do? And, and what, what kind of thing am I trying to pull from that? And it's sometimes not that obvious. Like, you know, like one of the movies that I love a lot is stand by me and there's the story to stand by me, but there's a, there's a feeling, there's like an essence to stand by me. There's a quality to it. And sometimes I'm not looking for the actual story elements or even anything close to the characters, but I'm looking for a quality. And like it, it to me, that movie has a quality and then you're trying to go, okay, well, I'm trying to capture that quality in this experience a little bit. And the story might be totally different, but it has this, this kind of feel. And I think like, you know, sometimes it's a lot more aligned with the story. It just depends. So I, I think that's a big, a big part of the, the process of, of just organizing your ideas and your creativity. Mm. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking like, I think it was at AFM or was it Dov Simmons? I can't remember, but you know, there's that whole thing of, of saying it's like, Oh, it's like Jaws meets, uh, the Shawshank Redemption. I don't know. You know like it's, yeah. Don't even know what that would even look like. But, <laughs> um, but I remember someone saying like, don't, don't, don't use that in a pitch. Like it was kind of this thing that like everyone was, was using it, but I can see that, which I can understand because it's like, okay, don't tell me it's like this meets this, like just tell me the original idea. But as someone who in the creative process, I can see that as maybe being something helpful, right? It's like almost like it's for your own, it's for your own inner workings as you're, as you're doing it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, there's funny little things with movies and I'm, I'm sure with music and painting and all sorts of stuff, people can draw parallels to this, but there's certain things with movies where people use them at one point and they were great when they were new, but then everyone used them and then they became overused and useless. And there, but there is something really interesting in them. Like, um, I remember when, uh, 
Oh man, I was in my twenties and I was really just learning how to pitch. Like I was getting, I got pretty good at pitching and I was just like really trying to learn how to do this properly. And I remember learning about taglines and a couple of the best ones that I ever heard was the one for alien, which was like, it goes like this in space. Nobody hears you scream, which fucking suggests so many interesting ideas. Like, 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 yeah, it doesn't, but like, it doesn't tell you it's about aliens. It doesn't tell you about anything. It's just like mm-hmm. the vastness of space and all of this. And it's just like, you're alone. And it, it's like such a simple, clear idea. Um, and another one was, it was the pitch. It wasn't really a tagline, but it was the movie twins, which is with Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> Danny DeVito. And the pitch apparently, from what I understand, and I wasn't there, but apparently it went like this, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, twins. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like back in the, like, I don't know, early 90s or 80s or whenever that was pitched, it was such an interesting way to put an idea together that it kind of worked. And I mm-hmm. think like, um, you know, sometimes, th- but there's something in it. Like even if you can't really use that pitch again, the idea of taking two polar opposites and going, what if I put these together and marry them to this idea? And then that can be your whole inspiration for something. It can just kind of be born out of that. But I think like, you know, there's, there's an interesting thing, like with, with all of this stuff, it's like, you don't have to copy it, but you, there still might be a use for it. You know, it's still, it, it just, it's a matter of like, I think there's, um, okay, this is the last thing I'll say about this. There's the artist's work and the artist's presentation. And your work doesn't always make it to the presentation, mm-hmm. but your work might look like someone else's presentation. You know what I mean? So sometimes their presentation, like when you were talking about creating music, your work of creating the song, the presentation of what they did might not be seen in your presentation, but it inspired the work that got you to whatever presentation you ultimately get to. Yeah. 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 Well put. Well put, Brandon. Well, I don't know. I'm just piecing this shit together. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty successful. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Yeah. No, I, 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 one of the things that you said, uh, I've also heard it described as, you know, you're finding the balance between the familiar and the new, Hmm. right? Because yeah, it's like as an audience, we need something familiar enough that we can like sort of, we can, we can understand it. You know, it's really just a comprehension type of thing. Really. It's like, so that you can actually follow to some extent because yeah, if it's all like just new, 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 and some people really, are into that kind of stuff. Um, you know, into the avant-garde, uh, type of stuff, which, uh, John Lennon said avant-garde is French for bullshit, but (laughs) that's a side thing. But yeah, but like there needs to be an injection of something new and yeah, finding that, that balance. So one thing I I did want to get into with this conversation as well was the topic of boredom because I think that that has a lot to do with what we're talking about in terms of filling the well and like, you know, where did your inspiration go? And that can often present itself as boredom as sort of being like bored and, 
I'm sure everyone has felt that way uh, a lot, particularly over the last couple of years here um, at some point, if not multiple points where there's just, you just can't watch any more Netflix and you don't want to, like you're just sitting there. It's like, I don't want to watch another movie or another show. I don't want to play video games. I don't want to read. I don't want to, you know, like there's just this list of all these things that you could do, but you don't want to do any of them. And you're just sitting in this state of kind of restless boredom. It's like you want to do something, but you don't know what to do with yourself. And I think that is very much like a lack of inspiration, not really particularly feeling inspired by things. And boredom is an interesting one because I think, it's a sensation that I think we resist a lot. You know, I said like for me, at least boredom has this restless kind of energy to it. Um, there's an agitation to boredom. Like I shouldn't be bored, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to be bored and we fight it. But I heard something in, I mean, it was probably Alan Watts. I mean, it's always Alan Watts with you and me, Brandon. But I was listening to Alan Watts, and I think he was, it was him, and he was talking about how boredom is the opposite end of creativity. One of those sort of opposite sides of the coin where they actually have a very intimate relationship with each other, kind of like the... Uh, the yin and the yang, right? Like they each contain an element of the other within them. Because I think that boredom very often creates an opportunity for something to come in, right? Like when you're in a, such a state of boredom, when you can't distract yourself with anything or they're just like, there's this weird opportunity for something new to come in. I suppose that's actually very much that that's exactly fitting with the whole familiar and the new kind of thing, because it's just like, I've had too much of the familiar <laughs> yeah. in my life. There's too much of the familiar. There needs to be some new and that boredom can, can create an opportunity for something new to come, to come in, to come mm. through. It makes me think that maybe the relationship to boredom is something that could be looked at because you know, I mean, if you're, if you're constantly distracted and you always have something occupying you, the moment you don't, it's going to feel pretty vulnerable and pretty, you know, just like there's nothing kind of to, to, to take your attention. Right. And I think that's the right word is like, take it. Right. And, uh, you know, I think when people learn to be alone, it's kind of a superpower. And I find that I don't often get bored because I've learned to be alone. I've learned how to function on my own. Um, and I, I've come to realize that that's actually kind of a skill and that some people, they don't have that. Like they actually, they kind of go a little bit crazy when they, when they're alone for too long. And, um, for me now, I mean, I've become so comfortable being alone that but I love being around people. It's like weird because I love being around people, but I get so happy just being on my own in my own mind, thinking, being creative that 
I can get so satisfied with it that I actually stop kind of connecting with people. Mm. But I think there's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a balance that we need to, we need to strike because I do find that there is an inspiration in people. Like there's a, there's a, a certain amount of being alone where I can think out an idea and I can just be with myself and I can meditate on it. I can work on it. But then I can have these moments like I did, you know, these last couple of days where I was like, man, the well's empty. And honestly, if I look at like, well, how's this last week gone? It's like, well, you've been alone. You haven't really been doing anything with anybody yeah. and, and you're not, you know, and then uh, it was kind of timely to hear Natalie Portman talk about that with her acting stuff was just saying like, yeah, like, um, looking to other people, um, they can like people, something I heard, I think it was, uh, I think it was Alan Watts. I don't know. Probably, probably was him. Just Alan Watts did everything, but basically everybody (laughs) is a universe. If you think about it, their whole mind is a whole universe. And so if you're good alone, that I think means you have a very full and rich universe that you're working with, but other people, whether you agree with them or don't agree with them or whatever, they have a whole universe, which is their whole world. And when you bring your two universes together, you amalgamate those ideas, those, those whole universes kind of come together and the stars clash and all of that stuff. But it becomes kind of exciting because now all of a sudden this thing that was relatively controlled becomes a little chaotic and less controlled. And I think there's an inspiration in the chaos and I think what I'm realizing now, actually, as I'm speaking these words is like, actually, there hasn't been enough chaos in my life. It's been too controlled, too mm-hmm. consistent, too easy. And when I'm trying to write this story, um, I was about to write it. And it was like, there was no chaos creativity to call on. It was only this kind of controlled, uh, mm. you know, very consistent, uh, at ease kind of place. And you know, if anybody knows story, I mean, chaos and conflict are kind of a part of it, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, people, you don't have to be in a fight, but like people bring in new ideas and that's kind of chaotic, right? Because, um, all of a sudden your little, your little world in your mind is not, um, you know, it, it's so easy to keep it all neat and tidy when it's just you but then bring in someone else's things, their idiosyncrasies and all that stuff. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, now we're kind of working together. And and I think there's a, I just realized there, there's probably something about that. There hasn't been enough um, universal collision. Yeah. You know what you, it, it's funny that you, you launched into that because I was, that totally started occurring to me, which is sometimes it is people like I know, even just in just recent history (laughs) in my own life where I had the, I I became fully aware where I was in a space of boredom where I was just like, I'm just, you know, not interested in doing anything. And it was like, Oh, I actually haven't seen people in a while. (laughs) I haven't actually physically shared space with other people people outside of my wife, which is, which is wonderful. Um, you know, having your best friend, but even we need, you know, like as a, as a sort of a pairing, like we need to like have some other people, you know, like we're, we're very much like to ourselves and homebodies to a, to a large extent, but yeah, we were both, we were both, um, yeah, like needed some, 
some interaction with some other people. And fortunately, actually an opportunity presented itself. It was like, oh yeah, there's a, like a little, little get together that was happening. And it was, a, it, it felt so rejuvenating. So, so energizing to just be with some other people because to an extent, it's like, uh, as you were saying, some more Alan Watts, you know, it's like in the whole thing, it's like, it's like the surprise button. Mm. I was listening to him talk about that, you know, like if, when you know everything that's going to happen, you know, like you would, and he was talking kind of in a hypothetical, um, metaphysical almost kind of sense of like well if you were the universe and you had sort of control ever over everything you know you would uh you'd maybe want to hit the surprise button eventually right it's like all right let's have something new happen let's have something unexpected occur and that's kind of what people are right like you don't know how you don't control how another person is going to react, respond, what they're going to say to you, what kind of conversation they might start with you, uh, you know, where one thing might lead to another. Like, you just don't know. And I think that we, we kind of crave that, you know, it keeps us on, uh, it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us present. It keeps us, um, it takes us out of the inner workings of our own mind, which we can get, yeah, we can get trapped in and it's good as you're saying, it's, it's really good to have a very strong and positive relationship with yourself when you're just, when it's just you. Um, but you know, you need new people to kind of orient yourself to a certain extent, you know, like yeah. so that your, your ideas and your thoughts and your whatever have something to bounce off of that isn't just, that isn't just you. That's how we become smarter and wiser and um and learn new things right so uh yeah it's it, it's fascinating that that human connection is a, a huge part of this conversation i mean it shouldn't be too surprising but it seems quite obvious now that we're talking about it but yeah it's it's a huge part of this conversation hey everybody this is evan and this episode is brought to you by my book Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah. I think there's also an element of like routine that, that, um, leads to boredom. Like when you, you know, your whole routine becomes so predictable and so obvious and so consistent. And I think there is a certain element of routine, which is absolutely necessary. And, you know, you, you need a certain amount of consistency. Like it's, it's the same, but different kind of idea that we're talking about, but too much routine, not enough difference becomes a problem. And but too much spontaneity, too much surprise becomes a problem as well. And there's, a, there's just really like this balance. And I'm thinking, you know, as we're kind of talking about this is like, um, I think people, when they get too much into group think and too much into like, everybody agrees with me and everybody sees it the way I am. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That actually becomes quite 
boring as well. And what people in, in my observation tend to do when everybody agrees with them, they, they keep raising the stakes. Like they keep going like, and this, and this, and this, and they keep pushing it, trying to almost push it out of the obvious. And I think like there's this um, need for a little bit new, you know, we, we want a little bit new. And I think like um, people can actually create an inertia where they dramatize their life because it's so consistent and boring that they actually create drama in it to make it more interesting because they're literally bored with their life, which is why I think it's really good to bring people into your life who don't always agree with you and to try to have conversations with them, like open-minded, flexible conversations, because when you actually have like a real, and I'm like a mature argument, like, which is, you know, you talk with someone, you say, well, I see it this way. And they go, well, I see it this way. And you, go, and you try to work it out together and you don't like, you're right, you're wrong. I'm right. And you don't do all that crap where you're just kind of like, oh, interesting. I never thought about it that way. And, you know, and they go, well, you know, I never thought about it your way. And you, you actually grow together and you build your mm -hmm. universe together. Um, I think a lot of people, they feel alone because they take the stance that like, I'm right and you're wrong. I haven't even heard what you're going to say, but I know you're wrong. And I know I'm right. And yeah, I know that I haven't heard what you have to say, but I know I'm right anyway, because whatever you say doesn't matter. And that isn't real connection. That's not bringing your universes together. It's like bumping up against each other and like not sharing anything. It's definitely and, not expansive. No. And I think know. like part of the challenge that a lot of people find themselves in is they find themselves in these right, wrong situations. And they're like, your enemy, you're bad. And all your ideas are wrong. And all my ideas are right. And if only you could see my right ideas, you would understand. And it's like, it's entirely the wrong way to go about stuff. Look, if your ideas are sound, this is, this is something I learned from philosophy. If your ideas are sound, you should never, ever worry about somebody challenging them. Because if they're sound and they're solid, which means they're, they have a good foundation and they like are unshakable ideas, they're really grounded, really well-organized, really well-sorted out ideas, you don't need to worry about it because they're, they're solid. People who don't have solid ideas, their arguments are not well-worked out. They're the ones that are so afraid to let go of them a lot of the time because they haven't thought it out. They're very half-baked ideas. And I think it's so important as humanity. And I mean, maybe this is kind of a, a testament to our times and why people find themselves in so much conflict with each other is like come into things with an open mind. If you don't know something for sure, again, you haven't worked out all the arguments for it and you haven't sorted out everything for it and you haven't heard everyone else's side or other sides of the argument, be open-minded because you might be wrong and you might actually find that you're a little bit right, but a little bit wrong and it'll make your argument more sound. And I think like this kind of um, idea that you just decide you're right and decide someone's wrong before you've really tested it is just such a mistake. And I think it leaves you upset and angry and alone. And I think it leads to things like boredom and a lack of inspiration, um, mm. you know? And I, I think, um, you know, I'm realizing like, yeah, it, it is nice to have somebody like you present an idea to them and you go, I kind of see it this way. And they go, well, I don't really see it like that. And you go, oh, interesting. Well, what do you think about this? And they go, well, I kind of think this. And you go, oh, okay. And together, if you actually are both open-minded, you come up with something better together, you know? Yeah. 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 It's um, because, yeah, there was one, one part of what you were saying, which uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I don't know if I entirely agree with that. I mean, like, I don't think you should ever 
because I think that we can think that our ideas are really well worked out, but in many ways we don't know how well worked out they are until, you know, they have been tested until we've had a conversation with, with another person. Right. So I think that in many ways that can, we stay stuck in a, in a place of worry, even with our well worked out ideas, you know, as opposed to having, it's like, well, look, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and this is what I've got so far, but actually having, I don't even necessarily know if it's an assumption. I think that this is kind of a reality in terms of as human beings, like particularly on the individual level, we have, we have such a limited scope of what we can we can see and and how how many things that we can keep straight in our minds because complex issues have you know maybe we're getting a little off topic here but we'll you know we'll finish this one out <laughs> but complex issues have so many things that are influencing them um that that it's really impossible as any one human being to keep them all straight and to understand fully how they all interact and intercept and 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 influence each other we but that doesn't mean you don't try it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't you don't attempt it and so you have your ideas but it's always i think best to have sort of attitude of i am probably right about a few things but i'm also most certainly wrong about a couple of things Right. And when you're not afraid of that, when you're not afraid of, of that, some of your ideas are maybe not as good as you think, um, that it's a welcome thing when somebody presents you with new information Mm -hmm. or with that's, that's better because that, uh, you know, as Jordan Peterson or something, someone like him would say, it's like that allows you to improve your model. Right. When someone has a better idea, when someone has thought something else through better than you have, that's you get to take that on. You yeah. get to you get to take that and you update your model of of your view of how you see something. And even then, that's not the end of it. Right. So, yeah, it's, um, a, constant, it's a constant yeah. update. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I like to just kind of tie this back into creativity. I mean, it's the creativity is the same way because usually when you start with creativity, it's usually just a spark. It's all you have is a little bit to go on. And then that, that whole thing gets expanded upon and you often kind of find your, you find your thing as you go along. Like it's very rare that, it all just kind of all of a sudden just spills out of you in one moment. It's, it's it, like a part of it might, and sometimes more time, more of it does than other times. But I always find that like with creativity, whether it's myself or whether it's other people I've worked with or whether it's students, it's always relatively the same. Usually there's some kind of spark of inspiration. Sometimes it's a really big spark, like a, like a, like a really big kind of ignition of, of something. And sometimes it's a little inkling of an idea, but I always find that it always leads to something that opens up something else. And I think if you start in a position of like, 
I already know, and you're not open to discovery, then you're going to be like seriously handicapped in your ability to, to, to be creative. But I also think it reminds me, like, I'm thinking about my own inspiration and I'm like, it reminds me that, yeah, like when I was sitting down to write my idea, I think I recognized that I had the spark of an idea, but I didn't have enough. Like I didn't have enough kindling. I didn't have enough for it to light. And so I'm like, yeah, I need some kindling for this fire. I need something for this thing to ignite upon. And, you know, I don't always know what's going on. I've been doing, uh, I've been living a creative life for most of my life, but, you know, I think that analogy is pretty accurate most of the time, but I knew that I needed something. I knew that this fire was not going to take off. And it was a little frustrating. I have to admit, it's like, you're trying to start a fire and you realize you don't have enough firewood to start your fire. And you're like, ah, but but I did recognize that I didn't have enough. And I guess that's kind of a win. And mm-hmm. I think when we look at other people and we look at their ideas and whatever, they might be different. If we looked at them like something that added to us, as opposed to something that took away from what we had, I think we would be better off, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Well, at the very least you got to see this like, okay, this, what your thing needs. Right. You know, like it, it it still points the way it still gives the direction, right? It's like we were saying at the start of this, sometimes all you need is a, is a direction and you start heading in that way. And then you realize like, Oh, okay, we need, we need this or, or I need to go, go this way because, you know, there's a, you know, there's a wide river (laughs) to cross in this, in this direction. I need to find a place where the stream is shallower or something to get across here, but you don't, you didn't know that. Like there's just, as we've talked about this, and uh, you know, in the last couple of episodes, you don't always know until you're, until you're actually in the process, you have to throw yourself into the process to know what you actually need to do because you can't, you can't plan for some, if not most of the things that you're going to actually encounter as you as you go through so that 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 openness and willingness to to respond is is absolutely essential to to creativity and and inspiration and those and those unexpected things as well uh are very often the source of inspiration that you need Mm. yeah there's a there, there is also like, I mean, for me with the story writing now at this point in my journey, there's a certain point where I am not always short of ideas. Like I have lots of ideas and lots of options, but I find that a lot of my options are like common. And so then I'm, I guess I'm harder on myself with them. Like when I was younger, if I came up with an idea, maybe it was a little cliche and maybe it was a little more common. I just be like, well, let's go with it. Cause I didn't know any better, but like now I'm like, oh, I've kind of like, I, I, I can tell usually if I pulling this idea from something that isn't really like an original source, like I have that and it's, it's beyond just awareness. It's like a feeling like you, you, like, like I can say that I know, oh no, this isn't really like raw original. This is like an idea. I'm like, I saw that in a movie and I'm pulling from a movie that I saw. It's not really, there's nothing deep in it. It's, it's, it's a shallow, um, you know, thing. And it can kind of work because you can kind of think out the idea and maybe it leads you somewhere. But uh, I, I, I find that 
you know, music, I imagine would be the same way painting. I imagine anything would be the same way where you kind of just know that what you're about to do is not, it's not like authentic, you know, it's not quite, but you don't know what the authentic answer is. You don't know what the authentic solution or, or, or way to go is. And I do think that they're like, being in the position I was like, I'm just thinking of myself in this moment where I'm like, okay, I'm going to write down this idea. I'm actually going to try to write down the, the inkling of this idea. I'm going to get the base kind of seed down. And I sat down and I wrote some of the seeds, but I didn't have the whole thing figured out. I didn't have enough figured out, but I knew that I needed to walk away and I needed to gather more wood for the fire. I knew that I needed to do that. And I think there's something about, um, you know, we're talking about this, like, where did my inspiration go? Knowing that you don't have inspiration is actually a part of finding inspiration. Yeah. Like, cause that, cause there is something about trying to force something, you know, I write every single day and this year I will have written every single day for 10 years in a row. It's, it's, it's crazy when I stop and I think about that every single day. And there have been so many days where I'm like, I'm not inspired. I just have nothing in the tank, but I'll sit there and I will work it out. I will, you know, and there's a certain amount of like, I've learned this kind of, of practice of like, don't force it. And if it's not the best, that's okay, but just let it kind of find its way. And I think there's something really good in that. But I also think that there is a certain amount of awareness that every artist needs where they need to go I need to do a little more work. I need to step away from this. This isn't ready yet. And I've been percolating on this idea for three or four weeks. And I just knew when I sat down to try and get some stuff down, it wasn't ready to, to it didn't want to take flight yet. It just wasn't ready to go. And, um, you know, it reminds me, it's like, okay, like you don't have to force this. Like this is going to, to come out when it needs to come out in its own time. And it's just not ready yet, you know? And uh, so I think like, um, you know, if I could kind of like pass on a little bit of um, insight to myself when I re-listen to this and everybody else who's listening, if they need this, it's like, yeah, man, like, look, sometimes you just need to walk away and, and you need to go and, and, and go search, go look, go think, go talk to someone, just go do, go do something. And, and mm -hmm. I, I count that as work. And I'll say one last thing about all this. When I wrote that script, Love Lost, which is a feature film, I wrote it in two days, eight hours, eight hours and done. But the six weeks or whatever, how many weeks before that, the idea was percolating, it was percolating, it was percolating. I almost wrote barely anything down, just some notes and a scrapbook and stuff. And then eventually I'm just like, one day I'm just like, I'm ready to write it. And I walked into the cafe that morning and I sat down and two days later, the whole feature was done. And it was like, it was just ready, you know? And I think that there's something about inspiration too, where we need to be mindful that it's not about forcing it. Like, because it needs, sometimes these things, they need a gestation period. They need a, they need a period of growth. And, and my point is this, you might not think you're working, but you are like, those like just in the morning, I just remember like when I was writing that screenplay before I ever wrote it, but I considered this the writing, I would walk home 
Cause I would go to the, one of my routines was I'd go for breakfast and I would have breakfast and talk to the servers and, you know, and I was friends with all of them. And then I would walk home and on my walk home, I would kind of talk to myself about the story and I would work it out. Those little walks home, that was the work. You know what I mean? That was a big part of the process, just as much as going to the cafe and talking to those servers was a part of the work. It was like, you know, I think sometimes we don't realize that there's something working when we're not always working. Absolutely. It makes me think of, I think this is something that I saw a quote from Julia Cameron. It was a fairly long one. And, uh, Julie Cameron, for anyone who doesn't know, she uh, she's kind of famous mostly for her book, The um, The Artist's Way, um, which is a fantastic that, and actually a really great way to find inspiration, actually, <laughs> if you uh, are ready to commit yourself to like a 12-week program. But even if you only get yourself partway through it, it can be really beneficial, but uh, is a terrific way to get, get some inspiration as a creative Anyhow, she said something to the effect, you know, because she's a very spiritual person in how she views art and creativity. And uh, I would say that we, we certainly are as well in some respects. But she would say she had this one thing about, about um, kind of like asking the universe for, for help. You know, like when you ask the universe for help in, in, in getting yourself going, so to speak. And that don't be surprised to have the strange and sudden impulse come up on you to do something like, um, you know, do the dishes or clean your bedroom or something like that. And to follow that, those impulses, because sometimes that is actually the thing that there's a weird key, you know, maybe you're in the middle of, of washing the dishes, suddenly an idea comes upon you, right? Or even just the having a clean, clear space in your home can have a tremendous effect on suddenly your ability to to think and visualize and picture or whatever it is like who knows like sometimes great shifts are happening in these small acts mm -hmm. um and i think that that's i think that sometimes we uh, we have these ideas too often about these big grand gestures as being the thing when there's actually a, a lot of stories that you can find out there of some of like the smartest people having these tremendous revelations doing something kind of mundane, right? Like I can't remember if it was like Einstein either, either like put together his theory of relativity while he was out for a walk in the woods or he was in the shower or something like that. There's, I know that there's been like a couple of people. It was like walking in the woods or in the shower or something like that when suddenly it just came to them. Right. Like this. And, and the whole sort of lid got blown off of this problem or this challenge that they were having. So yeah, there's, there's work going on in all of these small, subtle places. The trick is really just to stay open, you know, mm -hmm. is to keep, keep the channel open. Yeah. And, you know, and, and 
everything that you're like creativity is such a vast process because it doesn't always work in a, in a timely linear manner. I mean, there's a TV series that I've been working on for probably two and a half, three years that I've been developing. And, um, you know, I, I kind of went back into it a little bit this week and kind of looked at it and, you know, and it's not gone. It's, it's still there. And I still like, I want to finish it, but like, I find sometimes with ideas, like they don't, they don't always want to come out when you're ready. They want to come out when they're ready, you know? And like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think it's really good when you're creative to kind of go in with the idea that you want to create a lot that you, you don't get too caught up in one thing too much that, you know, um, there's ideas that they're, they're ready at a certain time. And then there's ideas that you'll go back to later. And, you know, and there's sometimes they need to be informed by something else and you're, you have yet to live through that yet. So you won't know until you kind of get there. Um, and I think like, if you, if you have lots of ideas floating around, there's things that you can touch back. Like I, there's a, there's a scene. I wrote this scene way back when I was in my early twenties or maybe even my late teens. And for whatever reason, I just knocked it out of the park. It was just one of those scenes. And I know because I still have people from that class. Cause I, I got it read and I got some actors to perform it in class. And I still have people come like, have you like that movie? Remember that, that scene? It was like, you got to write that show, that movie. Like, it's just like, and it's funny because I've never completed it. And it was like such a winner. And I don't even know where the scene is anymore. Like, I, I feel like I've lost it, but I still kind of have the basic idea, but it's like one of those things where it's like, it's always sitting there on the back shelf in my mind, kind of going like, are you ready? You know, is it, and like, is it today that I call upon you? You know what I mean? Or is it today that it calls upon me? I don't, I don't know. Well, however you want to look at it. Right. But um, I think like there's this, um, there's this kind of like whole well of information and, and creativity that's sitting in there for me. And life is funny because life has a way of informing certain things at the right time. You know, uh, it just, and, 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 and creativity is one of those things where, um, I don't know, like, I know that in this world, we want results and we want success and we want to get somewhere with our careers. And there's lots of things that we want and pressures we put on creativity, but creativity doesn't always play by those rules. You know, it's like, it's like, I'm not coming out of this room until I'm ready to come out of this room. And you, as the, as the person trying to call upon this creativity, you're like, you have to you have to find this balance between how forceful do I get with you and how much do I push you out and how much do I need to wait for you to come out on your own time, you know? And, and, um, you know, I think sometimes like an inspiration in life, all of a sudden an idea, um, it, it just pops up at the perfect time. There's this, uh, another story I'll just share quickly. There's a story I wrote when I was, uh, in, in university and it was one of those projects where I just kept working on it and working on it, rewriting the script and working on it. And, and I just never, like, I never did anything with it. And it's actually kind of a really cool story, but it's just never been done. I've never done anything with it. And it's always been sitting in my mind. Like 
one day I should make this fucking movie. I should just do something with it. And I was in class teaching a bunch of students and I made a reference to this movie and they were like, oh, wow. Like it like was the perfect reference point for a lesson I was trying to teach. And I'm like, you know, this story <laughs> never gets made has still kind of been a gift in its own little way. You know what I mean? Like it taught me a lot about screenwriting and it still serves other screenwriters and yet it's never really been made, but it's like, you know, it's like one of those things is like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I have all the answers. I'm just saying like, it sucks to not be inspired when you're trying to create something. And the whole idea here is like, how do you get that inspiration when you feel like you don't have any of it? Right. Like that's really what we're trying to get at. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in many ways it seems like we're beating around the bush on some of it, but it's like, there's, you can't force it. Yeah. You know, like it can't be forced. I mean, you can, you can create sort of conditions in order to give it the best chance to, to appear. And and for everybody that's going to be different and it's going to be changing all the time. Sometimes it's just, sometimes it can be just forcing yourself to show up in a small way. Like, as you said, like some kind of routine, right? Where it's just like, okay, at this time I sit down and I start writing whatever it is that I start writing. I just write and I write from this time to this time. And that's some, some part in which you give inspiration, that opportunity to come through. Right. But we've also been touching on, it's been reminding me of uh, the law of seasons, right? The law of seasons, the law of cycles. You can't force the seasons to come. They will come when they come. And the flower isn't going to bloom as much as you want it to. There's like, you, you cannot, sometimes there are things you just cannot make them happen quicker hmm. and be okay with that, you know, and, and sort of ask yourself, all right, well then if this thing is not yet in season, what am I in the season of right now? And what, how much can I, can I get myself involved in that process? Hmm. Right. What, what does that look like? What does that mean? Um, to, and next thing you know, suddenly you have the well is full and then now the season has, has arrived and it's spring and it's just like, Whoa, this idea is ready. This thing is ready. You just, something just dawned on me. You know, I was thinking about this creative process, right? Like this movie that I'm kind of like, I've sat down, like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write it down. And like, I realize, okay, like I want to light this fire and I don't have enough firewood. And it's like, well, right now the season, if you want to call it that, or the time is to scavenge right now is to get the lumber, get the wood, get, gather the pieces you need. And it kind of makes me actually realize I like, that's what I, that's what I realized. I went down to write it or, you know, light the fire, if you want to use that metaphor. And I realized I don't have enough of what is needed to make this thing yet. And so that's, you know, that's all I needed to know. That's what it taught me. That's what it showed me. And the season right now is gather those pieces, whatever that means for me, whatever, whatever I need to do to figure out what those pieces are. And maybe it's conversations, maybe it's reached out to people, maybe it's just do something different, but like, you know, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, you know, the creative process is always like that. Sometimes you just don't know you're gathering the pieces when you're gathering them. And sometimes you just end up with all this like great 
stuff and you just like the creativity just pours out of you. And it's like so wonderful because you didn't even realize you had everything you needed. And then other times you're like, I got nothing. And it's like, well, you got to go get something. <laughs> That's what that means. You know, you got to go out there and get something because like you don't have enough to work with yet. And that's literally what I experienced when I sat down to work this thing out. I'm like, I don't have enough to work with. I have, I have a loose idea and it's too loose. It's, it's, it's not enough. And, and, and it was frustrating because it's like, like the metaphor you used, you know, it's like the flowers growing and you want it to grow faster. You want the garden to already be there and the garden isn't there. And you're like, you can't make it be there. It doesn't work that way. You, you know, you, but you can get it there, but you have to do what it takes to get it there. And that's going to be a different thing, you know? Um, yeah. But well, it's hey, still man. a part of the thing. Yeah. Still part of a thing. How, how, how about we do our beers and, and wrap this baby up? Cause I feel Let's like we, I feel like we came to some pretty good insights and I definitely, I, I feel like that because I feel like I personally can walk away from this conversation, feeling a little more clear on where my inspiration went and where it is <laughs> like maybe it, it, it isn't where I want it to be. It's just, I need to look in a different place for it. It's, it's over there, not over here. And, and that's fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll go first. All I'm right. having uh, another one from Grizzly Pro uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. Grizzly Paw Brewing Company. So uh, I'm doing my second beer in a row from them. This one's called Grumpy Bear Honey Wheat. And, uh, you know, it looks like, uh, it looks like, um, funny, it's a funny cover. I, I swear, like I bought my grandma, like a nineties sweater that looked like that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's whatever it's, it's good. It's a good beer. It's, um, it's nice. It's, uh, solid. Um, it definitely has a honey wheat flavor to it. And, uh, I always like that. So there you go. That's what I'm drinking. Nice. Nice. I'm drinking one that. I am sure that we've had this on the show at some point, but if we haven't, I've had this one before, um, but it just looks so appealing to me when I saw it this week and I was like, yo, yeah, it's been a long time. I'm drinking the Shipwreck IPA from Lighthouse Brewing Company. I believe that's in Victoria. Yeah, they're in Victoria, BC. And uh, it's a, ter it's, it's a kind of a staple. If you ever come to Vancouver, Victoria, the lower, the lower mainland, and you go to a place that's got a decent tap selection, that's one that is often that you'll often see on tap um, from a craft brewery because it's a, uh, it's a really, you know, a really dialed in IPA. So I haven't been craving IPAs for a long time. And I feel like the last couple of weeks I've been like, oh, I, I, I've just been craving them. I've just like want, <laughs> wanting that flavor. I'm like, I want it nice and full and floral and citrusy and all of that stuff. So, <laughs> so it's a good one. Right on, man. Um, okay. Well, look, I'm, I'm going to wrap my idea up and then, uh, and then you finish this one off. I, you know, I think what I've learned from this conversation is it's been nice because it has really been a discovery conversation. It's given me a lot of clarity about some things, but it's like, I, you know, when we were talking about the title where you were kind of like, well, what if we, what if we call it like, where'd my inspiration go? Like you kind of led us into the question of it. And it's kind of perfect because 
for me, it's like, yeah, where did my inspiration go? And it's like, oh, it just, it went over there. Like I'm looking over here for it and it's actually over there. So just go over there. You know what I mean? Like, and it's kind of simple, but I think there's something really powerful in a simple solution to an idea. Whereas like, if you can't find your inspiration, maybe you're just looking in the wrong place. for it. Maybe you're, maybe you, you know, maybe you're just working with it in a way that is not conducive to actually helping it, you know? Um, and I think inspiration is always out there. And when we are not able to find it, it's just a matter of like, we, we maybe need to change the way we're doing it, the way we're looking at it or where we're looking for it or something like that. So I'll just say this. I mean, I'm going to walk away from this conversation and um, I'm, I'm going to kind of look at my inspiration in a way of like looking for it as opposed to like, where is it? Like, I don't have any, like, mm. I guess I always thought of it as like this well that you fill up all the time, but I think there's another kind of thing where it's like, it's out there and it's just waiting for me to go kind of go out there and grab it. You know, it's, it's out there. It, it It's totally in abundance and it totally exists. And even if I don't have it in hand right now, it's out there for me to go gather. And, and if I can kind of build the skill of where to look for it, that's just as good as having it. You know, there's a certain, and maybe it's also a necessary part of the inspirational creative process, you know, that it's not always about just having a full well or a full, you know, uh, collection of it. Sometimes it's about knowing where to look for it. Mm. Yeah. Some, uh, you know, that's just the nature of creativity. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's, a, it's like filling a well, but sometimes it's like venturing out into the woods or the hills or something like that. You know, it's, it requires attention, you know, uh, that's the thing is that, you know, we can, there are certainly ways in which we can give ourselves the best opportunity, um, within our sort of our practices, you know, like daily practices, I think for any creative person or for anyone wanting to leave a creative, lead a creative life is, um, is essential. Um, but it doesn't mean that things are always going to operate in a certain way. Sometimes it's going to be like, no, you need to change things up. I don't remember where, who had said this, but I remember hearing change the air, you know, and that was something I think that was said more in the context of, you know, if you're feeling more so of like you're feeling kind of down, if you're feeling just, and in some ways this is like that conversation too. Like you, I'm not feeling inspired, you know, which comes with this sort of emotional weight to it. Change the air, mm -hmm. change the air, whatever that is, like get out from the space that you're in right now, like physically remove yourself from the space that you're in, go and do something different, go and see something that, that maybe seems counterintuitive. Um, and, and let it go to a certain extent. There's a great line from Mad Men where Don is giving some advice to, it might've been Peggy or something. He said, think about it intensely and then forget about it. Because your mind starts working on it in the background. So take your, like, you, like, forget it. Like, put your mind on it intensely and then forget it. And things will start to 
to come up in that sort of forgetting about it when you're not trying to force it because when you're trying to force it you can get that tunnel vision that works against you especially when you don't know what you're looking for necessarily you know you don't know because if you knew what the inspiration was then you would know it but you don't know it so you need to be as open as possible you need to you need to address that tunnel vision that you that you've got yourself into and and find ways to open that that channel up and and sometimes it it means that there might be some time involved it might mean having to sit in a little bit of boredom but know that boredom is part of that inspiration process that boredom is actually fueling the inspiration on some level so take a breath <laughs> take a breath it's okay you will have an idea you will have an inspiration it's just going to come in a way that you don't know yet Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going. <laughs>